Hi, everyone. Welcome to Happy Hour at Bland. I'm Ashley Polstaway. And I'm Kaylee Ruskowski. Today, we're getting a little technical. <laughs> this will be a good episode for everyone who runs or owns a business or works with the accounting of a business. Yes, Ashley is right. So today, we're talking about a new accounting standard that is impacting every industry. And when I say accounting standard, I'm talking about the rules that must be followed when preparing financial statements. So we all know that there are rules that must be followed when preparing a tax return. And you're saying that there are more rules that must be followed in preparing financial statements as well? That's exactly what I'm saying. So many businesses are required to prepare and submit financial statements because their bank or investors may require it. And typically those financial statements must be prepared in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles, so GAAP, which in our industry we refer to as GAAP. So if you hear your bank or investors or your bond company ask you about GAAP financials, it's referring to financials that are prepared in accordance with the set of rules called generally accepted accounting principles. So GAAP is created by the Financial Accounting Standards Board, and this year, one of the standards or rules that they created became effective for most entities, and this new standard was very wide-sweeping and had quite a large impact on a number of different industries and entities, and so it's considered just to be one of the largest standards that's been released in recent years. And this standard relates to the recognition of revenue. So when you say recognition of revenue, are you referring to how a company records their earnings from selling products or services? Yes. Yep, that's exactly right. So today I'm going to break down this new standard because, as we mentioned, even if you are not an accountant, if you are involved in any sort of business, it will be good to just have a general awareness of this topic. The standard was created because previously there was all of this industry-specific guidance that created a lot of confusion and sometimes conflicting information. So, for example, healthcare entities had their own guidance on how to recognize revenue, and construction companies had their own guidance on how to recognize revenue. And this new standard creates one uniform approach for all entities to use. Wow. That sounds like it'll really simplify the rules. Well, kind of. The rules are simplified, which was their goal. However, it does result in more time being spent by businesses who have to evaluate their revenue against the recognition guidance in the standard. So today, when I walk you through the standard, I'm going to ask you to imagine that there is a staircase with five steps, and we cannot move to the next step until we've evaluated the step that we're on. And that's going to be how we walk through this guidance. So we're on the first step. And just to bring it back to basics, we're talking about how a company recognizes the earnings from products or services that they sell. And how do those earnings get recorded into the accounting transactions, the accounting ledger? So we're on the first step. And we have to identify the contract with our customer. And contracts can be verbal, written, or implied. Both parties must agree on the terms, including the rights of each party, the payment involved, and the exact scope of goods or services to be provided. Additionally, one element of a contract is collectability. 
and we must believe payment is likely to occur. So here's a quick example. I go to Scooters, my favorite <laughs> coffee place. What an analogy. <laughs> so my go-to example, oh. if I can work Scooters in, I will. So I go to Scooters and I order at the drive-thru and the barista or... Would you call it a barista? I say barista. But I, even for a boy? Even okay, for the a male, barista. The barista. I, like I, I want to be incorporating Do all it. genders. There we go. The barista or barista <laughs> repeats my order and tells me the price. I drive up to the window and pay, and they provide me with my latte and scone. I like it. This is an implied contract. Another example would be I own a company that repairs roofs. And Ashley asked my company for a bid. We provide her with a written bid of the estimate, the time frame for completion, and that the bid includes her rights as a customer and mine as a business owner. Here we have a written contract. An example of a situation that does not meet this criteria, I thought this would be important to mention too, because when we talk about implied contracts and nonverbal you might think, does everything constitute a contract? So an example of something that's not a contract is let's say you make a donation to a nonprofit. The nonprofit is receiving your money, but you're not necessarily receiving anything in return. That's not a contract. And under that situation, the nonprofit would follow different guidance to record that revenue. So if we have determined that a contract exists with our customer, we can move up the staircase to the second step. Okay, what is step two? So step two is to figure out exactly what you as the business have committed to providing in the contract. These are called performance obligations. For example, we're gonna use this example throughout the rest of, of this scenario. Let's say I sell boats, Kaylee's Boats Company. <laughs> and you and I sign a contract that I will sell you the boat and I will also store it for you in the winter months. So I have committed to two things. Selling me a boat and storing it during the winter. Exactly. So once I've determined the items or services that I'm obligated to perform or provide, we can move to the third step on the staircase, which is determine the transaction price. This is often the price in the contract. In our boat example, I will charge you $50,000, which will include the boat, mm and the winter storage. This step can be complex if there are factors which can impact the price that I would expect to receive. For example, in the construction industry, there are often rewards or penalties associated with early or late completion of a project. And that can impact your evaluation of step three. All right, well, let's keep going with the boat example. We've said the transaction price is 50,000. Can we move up the staircase to step four yet? We sure can. <laughs> So now that we're on step four of the staircase, this step is allocating the transaction price to the performance obligations in the contract. So what did I just say? <laughs> what does that mean? So what it means is, in our example, remember we have two performance obligations, the boat and the storage of the boat. And all of that is going to cost $50,000. I now need to break out that $50,000 and assign some of that dollar value to the boat and the remaining amount to the storage of the boat. And so how do I do that? Well, there's a lot of flexibility in the interpretation of this, and that's where it goes back to when you simplify the rules, it then allows for variability in interpretation. 
But an example is, let's say I, I sell that same boat I sold to Ashley to someone else, but they're going to drive right down to Florida. They don't need me to store it. So I would charge them $40,000 for just the boat. Based upon that, I can then determine that the remaining $10,000 of our $50,000 contract can be counted towards the storage. Okay, so you're saying the boat sale is going to be valued at $40,000 and the winter storage will be valued at $10,000, which equals $50,000, the total price of the contract? That's right. That's exactly right. So once we've assigned the values to each item or service that I am obligated to provide, then we can move to the last step of the staircase. Yeah, <laughs> We <finally>. got there. <laughs> so the very last step is to record revenue as each performance obligation is satisfied. So when can we record our earnings into the accounting records? When we complete or fulfill each obligation. We've identified two things that we said I had to do. I had to provide the boat and I had to store it. When I transfer the boat to Ashley and she takes ownership, I get to record and recognize $40,000 of revenue. And then when I am done storing the boat for winter, let's say in this example, we don't live in Nebraska, we live somewhere <laughs> with a little bit more moderate climate. Winter just means December because we're going to be able to be boating in January. I, I wish. That would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So if we say in this example, winter just means December, that's the only month I have to store the boat then I can recognize and record the remaining $10,000 of the contract as revenue at the end of December. That's really the gist of the standard. I've broken it down today in its simplest form. Some industries, as I mentioned, are significantly impacted by this new standard, and your revenue may be significantly more or less in 2019 compared to 2018 based on this five-step approach. If you think you may be impacted by this, if you're preparing financial statements or know that your business is required to submit financial statements, I would recommend reaching out to your accountant. They can help you determine if this will impact your company's financial statements. As I mentioned, I went through it very simply today. There are some complex components that you will want assistance on when evaluating your specific contracts with your customers. Wow. Thank you, Kaylee, for breaking that down for all of us. And thank you all for tuning in to this technical update. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please visit our website at blandcpa.com and leave us a note. If you could also rate and review the podcast on whichever app you use to access this podcast, we would truly appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much to everyone that tuned in today. As we always say, we hope to empower our listeners to feel more confident when it comes to accounting. There are professionals that will help you with the complex details. We just want you to be aware of major developments that may impact your business and your financial statements. So friends, with that, be informed, be inspired, and be awesome. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. A Partner Media Production.